but it is good to be in worship on this very first day of 2023. How many of you are like me and going to write 2022 for the next six weeks on all your papers? And Yeah, yeah, I'm in trouble. Uh, it always takes me six to eight weeks to get uh, back into the new groove of the new year. But I love January 1st because it doesn't seem like everything is possible today. Doesn't, doesn't it? January 1st, everything seems possible. We have new dreams and goals for the new year, of course, uh, that are completely attainable today. Just don't ask me how my goals and dreams are going on February 1st when they've long since been pitched to the curb. <laughs> uh, well, with this new year, we are launching a new quest in Church of the Lakes, launching off today with Core 52, Core 52, Core 52. And we are embarking on this faith-filled, scripture-based, uh, year-long adventure. And what I really want to encourage you all to do, and you can tell them I said it was okay, if you haven't gotten a Core 52 book, just go get one. Just take one. You can put money in the offertory plate later. I don't really care. You need the book this year. You need the book. Go get the book. Go get the book, whether this week, uh, sometimes as you're in the office uh, around the church. But this study, the, the intention that we're doing, Core 52, is we're going to be taking a look at the 52 most influential texts in the Bible. Not just to know what they are. Ultimately, that is important, of course, but more than that, we're going to see how we can apply these scriptures to our lives so we can raise our personal and our collective biblical IQ. Because after all, how can you be a fully devoted disciple if you don't know what God's Word says? Or how can you be a fully devoted disciple to Jesus Christ if you don't know how to use God's words or these scriptures, how to live your life? This is how it's going to work, though, okay? So on Sundays, you're going to come here, or you're going to come in Canal Fulton, or you're going to come at 8.30. God bless those people who went to 8.30 this morning. I know I'd have been two hours asleep instead of four. Uh, but, but if you come on Sundays, you're going to hear Brian, Jared, and I preach on this week's theme and our sermon scripture and you're going to hear a little bit about this. But then you've got homework. Five days. Give me 15 minutes. That's what we're asking. 15 minutes a day for five days the rest of the week. This is how it's going to play out. Day one, you're going to read the chapter out of Core 52. Okay, that's day one. Day two, you're going to memorize the core verse. If I can do it, we can all do it. I'm terrible at memorization, and we're, we're going to do it together. We're going to memorize the core verse. Day three, you're going to read a scripture that is often referenced in our sermons. Day four, you're going to read another scripture reading. Day five, I'm going to call this the small group day. I'm going to call it the small group day because it's where you're going to answer and implement the application question that's in the Core 52 book. Now, you're going to do this in your small group. That's my whole, that's my, that's my goal for all of you is to join a small group to, to really live out and implement this portion of of Core 52. That's how this is all going to work. And like I said, it's January 1, so I'm super optimistic today, not pessimistic, optimistic, that this is going to be a spiritual journey worth taking for all of us. As we move closer and closer to what Jared always says, he says we're aligning to God's ways, words, and wisdom. That's what we're, we're trying to do, especially for myself. And, and this week, we're just going to start off in chapter 42 we're not going through the book sequentially, okay? We're going to jump around all over the place in this book on purpose. That way, if you happen to miss a week, who cares? Just pick up where you were last time, that, that, where we are coming in this week. Don't fall off the wagon in the first couple weeks just because you fall behind, okay? Chapter 42, which is all about radical change and transformation. That's what we're talking about today. 
And many of us know what a transformation is, right? I think back to those times in elementary school where we got to take home a caterpillar and watch it transform and metamorphosis and all that good stuff. But transformation, it's defined like this. It's by a thorough or drastic change in form or appearance. We get that. We understand transformation, don't we? After all, we just went through the Grinch as our Christmas season sermon series, didn't we? Didn't we see an incredible transformation of the Grinch from beginning to end throughout the whole entire series? It was a total, total radical change in attitude and spirit. That's what happens. But change for most of us, ooh, that's a, that's a tricky subject. Change for most of us is a difficult subject. After all, change is something that can make life harder. It can make life more hectic. It can make life more uncomfortable. Ugh, no, no, nobody wants those things. But come, but come January 1st, uh, we got those rosy, terrible 2023 glasses. They keep morphing them into it so you can still see your eyes through them. Uh, the, you know, we have this incredible optimism to embracing change. Every year, come January 1st, we resolve on this day every year to radically change our thoughts, our ways, our actions, don't we? What am I talking about? I'm, of course, talking about New Year's resolutions. New Year's, has anybody made a resolution for 2023 yet? One hand? Come on, guys. No? No resolutions? Wow. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. You got about uh, a couple of more hours, 12 hours or so to make a resolution. That's my, that's my hope. But for, for instance, my, my resolution for this year is selfish, as they usually typically are. Uh, <laughs> one of my goals for this year is to qualify for the Boston Marathon. That's what I'm going to do. I've done it before. I made it before um, when I was much younger and much more fit, but I didn't have the financial ability to go and do it. So now, consequently, because I am older and flabbier, uh, it's a lot harder to do it, but I have the financial means to do it, so I'm going to try. I'm going to give it the old college try. Uh, funny how that works, you know. How about for you? Are, are you planning on making a resolution, or making a change, doing something different? How about in years past? Have you ever made a resolution in years past? Have you ever done that before? Did you actually see it through? Did you make a radical change from January 1st to December 31st when you look back on it? Ooh, maybe some of you are like me and they've long since been pitched to the curb when we go to do spring cleaning or even earlier for some of us. <laughs> you know, the real question that we have to ask on January 1st when we talk about New Year's and resolutions, we've got to ask when it comes to resolutions this, what would it take to fundamentally change who and what we stand for? What would it take? What would you be willing to maybe give up or revise or edit or delete from your life so that you could radically change yourself? What, what would you be willing to give up? That's what most of us are after when we talk about these proclamations of resolutions. We're trying to change ourselves on the most fundamental of levels, right? Aren't we trying to change our appearance? That's a big one's New Year's. We're trying to get healthier and fitter, right, for the New Year. We're trying to change maybe our appearance, our behavior, our thoughts, maybe even give up some of our bad habits or our hang-ups, as we like to call them. We want to fundamentally change ourselves in the upcoming year so ultimately it can transform into something that lasts longer. It's the whole goal of resolutions. Now hear me. As Christians, it's okay to have resolutions too because there are certain things that we have to have to just give up, that we just have to revise, that we have to edit, that we have to delete from our lives. And I think New Year's is as good a time as any 
to start a new habit and do something new and great, to maybe actually dive into our scripture readings, maybe to earnestly start praying more, maybe, maybe, maybe to join that small group that those pastors have been bugging us about over and over again, maybe to, to not just go to worship, but to be an active participant in it. And what does that look like for you? I don't know. The God, I hope and I know, will show you. <laughs> but friends, hear me, hear me. We are never complete on the journey of getting closer and a more fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. It is a journey that takes a lifetime and a lifetime in the making. After all, is there ever a time in life when you say you finally learned it all? I've experienced it all. I know it all. I've done it all. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Each of us, we're on that spiritual journey. We're plodding along on the walk of maturation to be closer disciples to Jesus Christ. We can always do more. We can always do more. So what type of effort would it take to change who you are? What are you willing to give up to be something maybe different for Jesus? <laughs> too many times we say, God could never use me. I'm too far gone. Or God would never use a sinner like me. I can, I can never help out in that way. I'm too imperfect. I'm too damaged. I'm too whatever. Fill in the blank. What's been bugging you the last couple months? But believe it or not, friends, Change is possible. Dare I say, even radical change is possible. That's how bold, especially when it comes to being a more devoted disciple to Jesus Christ. We may have to, hear me, suffer, <laughs> suffer to do so. We may have to suffer to give things up, things that we like or things that we enjoy. But hear me, friends, if you do it with an eternal mindset, man, it's worth it, friends. It totally is. Which brings us to our very first, our very first memory verse from Core 52, which is actually Romans 12:2. This is the verse that we're going to try and memorize this week as a congregation. We can do it. I believe in you. And I know this verse, it speaks to more of the transformation that can be found if you allow God to radically change you. Here it is, Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be found holy and acceptable in your sight. For Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let me tell you about one of my failed New Year's resolutions from not too, too long ago. I can't remember exactly when I did it. It was sometime in my late 20s, so, so maybe like five or six years ago. But I made the resolution that I was going to spend more time outdoors. That was my goal. I grew up as a teenager in a Boy Scout troop. I love Boy Scouts. I love my time exploring the wilderness and camping. I wanted to pass it on to my children. And there, I don't know, there's just something about being outdoors that just allows you to put away sometimes the craziness of life, all the chaos of life. Now, my plan for this resolution was to secure some of the simple things you need to go camping. You know, and being Christmas so close to New Year's, I was able to make my list, ask for certain things, and acquire them. So for my family, we have all sleeping bags, we got the camping gear, I got a family-sized tent, the whole works. Yet I have to confess as I stand up here this morning, not only have I only set up my camping gear just a handful of times, 
I've only ever done it in the shadow of my own house. <laughs> That's right. The only place that I've actually gone camping has been in the safety of my own backyard. A failed New Year's resolution, if there ever was one. Any outdoorsy person would tell you, just a mere walk, 30-second walk to indoor plumbing, that isn't camping. <laughs> but that's, that's what we've done. You know, and many of our New Year's resolutions that have failed, like mine of spending more time outdoors, uh, you know, they fail because they don't have a deeper meaning behind them. I think that's ultimately what I've put my thumb on is the main reason why we can't, we can't always follow through with our resolutions. They've got to have something deeper to them, a deeper purpose, a deeper meaning, a true spirited motivation because you've got to be ultra-motivated to change, don't you? Perhaps, perhaps you could be motivated to change from a stemming of emptiness that you feel in your soul. Maybe, maybe you can change because of an inadequacy that you feel in your life. Friends, I know I struggle with that one on a daily basis. I feel like I don't measure up at times. Do you feel like there's just more out there? <laughs> that there's got to be more than just the everyday mundane things that we do in this life? <laughs> so I'll ask you the question again. Is there something that you would be willing to give up, revise, edit from your life so that you could have a radical change, so that you could actually experience something more, so that you could fill that empty hole that's been gnawing at you for months, so that you can finally, 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 fundamentally revise who you are, change your story, change your biography, to give your life real godly purpose. Isn't there something more out there? Because here's the good news, friends. <laughs> I don't care how old you are, I don't care what you think about yourself. I don't, I don't really care where you, where you are in your current predicament in this life that you find yourself in. Guess what? It has absolutely no bearing. Your past has absolutely no bearing on the future you. We can change. Hear me. You can change. We can all change. Change to a life of something more, of meaning, of eternal meaning, and consequently, an everlasting future a life with godly purpose, you can still live your best life, your best you. That's what we're going over the next six weeks, how you can be your best version of you. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not going to be easy. Nothing in life that's worth it is ever easy, is it? <laughs> but just because it isn't easy doesn't mean that it has to be difficult either, okay? I think there's three simple steps that if we really embrace, embrace this week's chapter of Core 52, that, that we can allow God to bear into our souls, to pour out from the overflow, from God's amazing grace that he gives us, to fill the emptiness that we feel, the inadequacies, a life of true purpose. Here's the three steps. Number one, you got to believe the promise of change that we find in our scriptures. Two, you have to be willing to receive the power of change. Allow God into your life. And finally, third, you've got to accept the challenge to persevere, to suffer on the journey of change. Believe the promise, receive the power, accept the challenge. Those are the steps. Let's go through them. Step one, believe the promise of change that God has made for you and for me. Firstly, many of you know that it's said in our scriptures that nothing is impossible with our God. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And I love this because you know what? Our past, our past actions, thoughts, the things we did yesterday, they have no bearing on the future you. They don't. God can take 
you now in this moment and change you as you are. You don't have to, to shine yourself up, put the makeup on. You can look at you in the mirror and know that God can change you. As Christians, we got to believe in this promise, friends, that God offers not only to us, but hear me, he offers it to everyone, even some of the people who we may not think deserve it. <laughs> That's the power of God's amazing grace, his eternally powerful and reaching grace. That's how our God works. But, but some of us, like I said earlier, they, we believe that we're too far gone. We believe that we're out of God's reach that his grace can never cover up all of that mess of our lives. Some just don't, don't want God to change them. Or quite often, often, many of the times, like my New Year's resolution failed, we're too lazy or we're indifferent to allowing God to change us. <laughs> Hear me, friends. Our God, he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for us so that we can be changed from a, a future of fire and brimstones to something that means so much more. Doesn't that mean something to you? That's the gospel message. And the amazing part about all of it is that there is absolutely nothing you can do to separate yourself from God and that amazing grace that he offers that can change us. Paul writes this in Romans 8, 38 through 39. Many of you are going to know this. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, no things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. For instance, if you got a vice in your life, if you got an addiction, if you got something that's been a noose around your neck for, yeah, I'm talking to you, Tony, maybe, maybe you, if it's speaking to you, if you got something that's just holding you down, hear me. There is this fundamental truth about our amazing God. There is nothing, nothing that you did, there's nothing that you're doing, there's nothing that you will do that can separate you from the love of our God. There is nothing that can make you unreachable. There's nothing. And our God's love is so powerful that if you allow him to, he can change your life to something completely different. He can, if you allow him to, to release you even of the burdens of your life, if you're willing to take some simple steps. Step one is to believe. In 1 John 1.9, it says it like this. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then Paul writes it this way in Romans 10. He says, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart. Remember, that's step one, is to believe. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There isn't any exceptions on there. It says you will be saved. For one who believes with the heart, and so is justified, and one who confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. Friends, that's how our God works. Step one, the key to it, the key to it is to believe and confess. Believe and confess. All of us, we need to admit it. We need to admit it. Because well, once, you, once you accept this amazing belief and believe in a God who is almighty, who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, and then you confess that you need help, our God does amazing things. <laughs> he covers us with this amazing grace that we keep talking about. And, and it's almost like he takes the old versions of you and me, the old sinful ways of our past, and he puts them to death. 
And instead, what is left is this new creation, something new, something amazing. That's what Paul writes in Corinthians chapter 5. He says, he says this, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. It's in the past. It doesn't have to be a burden to you anymore. Instead, look, new things have come into being. That's step one is to believe. To believe in this promise that God's grace can change you and I for the better. Step two is to receive the power. Now, receive is a little tricky. It's a little tricky because we have to allow God to change us. We have to allow. Now, I don't know if this is an American thing. This might be a male thing. It might be a boy thing. Maybe it's just a Robbie thing. I don't know, okay? But I sure don't like asking for help. How about for you? Do you like asking for help? I hate asking for help. It's one of the hardest things. I have to set aside my ego, my pride, whatever the reason. I just want to do things for myself, by myself. That's who I am. That's what I want to do. I want to take that old mentality of pick myself up by my own bootstraps. So when it comes to change, pig-headed Robbie thinks, I can change myself. I can do it. It's not that hard. I'm motivated. I can do what I want to do, right? <laughs> oh, that's a hard lesson that we all have to learn in life, isn't it? That we cannot change ourselves. No matter how much you will it, no matter how much you want it, friends, hear me, you cannot change yourself. You have to allow God, the most powerful thing that we know in this world, to do it for you. We want that radical change, and there's this radically amazing God who makes it possible. Only by his grace can he help us change to be a more fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. Even, even Jesus, he relied on this amazing, powerful, transformative change to change his outward appearance. Many of you know this scripture passage out of Matthew 17. It's the transfiguration of Jesus, that metamorphosis that Jesus embarks in front of uh, Peter, James, and John. Let's read along with me our uh, major scripture passage of this week. Matthew 17, 1 through 8. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before, him, before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But, but Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself, alone. Friends, you know what I take out of this amazing, transformative passage of Jesus' outwards transformation to shining like the sun? This transfiguration, it proves. It proves that our God, he can change our outward appearance, and he's so powerful that he can even change our inward appearance. Jesus willingly allows himself. He allows the power of God. He allows the power of the Spirit to come down and totally, radically change his appearance. What I find so fascinating about the story is that Jesus does it in front of three people, his inner three, Peter, James, and John, 
his closest friends, his closest disciples. Why is that important? Why do I hesitate? Why do I point that out this morning? Well, I think it highlights our reliance and the importance on having an inner three like Jesus did. The importance of having an inner three that we can rely on. An inner three who maybe have a devoted lifestyle to Jesus Christ. Because let's get super practical this morning. That's who I am at, at the root core. I, I want to give you something that you can take away and actually use from this sermon. Hear me. If you desire to change, if, if you want something more out of life, if you want an actual purpose in life, then here's, here's the steps you need to take. You need to go and believe the scriptures that are before you. Believe. You need then to confess with your mouth that, Lord, I need to change. I need to be more like your son. I need to be more like the disciples. I need to be more like that, <laughs> a warrior for Jesus. You need to confess that. And then you know what amazingly God does? He sets you on a path of transformation. Now, you may be at the start line, friends, and, and here's, as you begin to plod along on the path of transformation, not everyone's going to notice right away. But guess who is going to notice first? It's going to be your inner three. It's going to be the people that you hold nearest and dearest in your life. It's going to be your coworkers. It's going to be your friends. It's going to be your family. It's going to be these people who pour everyday energy into your life. And here's why. Because the power of our God is through these everyday, ordinary saints. <laughs> these, these are the people that God puts in your life, puts in my life to help keep us on this path of transformation. It's these people who are there to encourage us, cheer us on, love on to us, and help keep us on the path and correct us when we go astray. <laughs> That's why it's so important to be a regular church attender. That's why it's so important to be actively engaged in a Christian community because our inner three then begins to really be shaped and formed by God with godly values and characteristics. When we allow God to work through these people to help change us, friends, it is so much easier in life, which is why we need to take step three, which is to accept the challenge of change. You know, Radical transformation can only occur if we're willing to suffer, if we're willing to persevere in this life. Once again, we're going to have to give up stuff. We're going to have to edit and revise things that we don't like about ourselves. We're going to have to trim from the vine as we read in our scriptures. We have to give up the things that weigh us down, things that we like, things that we hold dear. I know it's hard to believe at times when we talk this way, but believe it or not, friends, being a Christian it doesn't have to be a painful experience all the time. <laughs> I know some pretty amazing people who root their life in Jesus Christ, many of you amongst them. <laughs> people who, who maybe don't have it all together all the time, but that's the beauty of being in a congregation. <laughs> when one of us slips and falls, there is someone else to help pick up the pieces with you. We can help, we can support, we can love on each other to radically change each other's lifestyles to being more fully dis the, uh, disciples. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, to be together on this journey. But, but what, is a, what does a more fully devoted disciple look like? I want to end with this scripture out of Colossians 3. So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That, that's what we want to attain. That's what we want to go towards. So what do we have to do? We have to put to death Therefore, whatever in you is earthly, 
fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. And, it, and, and then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, we are to clothe ourselves, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Once again, bear with one another. It's that patience thing again. <laughs> if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you almost, you also must forgive. Friends, that's what the scriptures say, that he can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, you don't have to be afraid of radical change. We need to find the resolution in this new year to really become something more. That's what I hope Core 52 will help get us on the track of, of because I think it's something that will formatively change who we are now, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that on this New Year's Day, January 1, that everything seems attainable today. We are hopeful of, of what this new year entails. Lord, we just ask as, as we continue on this journey of becoming more fully devoted to you, that you encourage us that you open up our minds, our souls, our hearts, so that you can begin to work within us, to allow us to be molded and shaped by your amazing grace, to know that we aren't too far gone, that your son came to die on a cross so that we may yet experience an eternal salvation. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.